Yeah, I know you're mad, Beast. I know you're mad. I'm beyond mad. That I didn't do these. T- that I didn't do these two segments last week. But I told you I had a plan. I should be knocking your block off. I told you I had a plan for these. Basically, it's time to uh, give our boys a uh, checkup. Do a little swerve. We need to figure out if uh, these top 10 lists and these picks to these games uh, were correct. Yeah. I think it's time to check them over. I'm surprised we're going to be putting them on the spot like that. Well, this is the, the blue for me. We've we never done this before. Well, this this is new because we got to test our boys out. We got to make sure that they're on point. Oh, okay. All right. Let's welcome uh, to downtown sports. I am the mouth of the south, John Shivoni. That's the beast of the east, Jonathan Pariente. This is where sports come home, and one week away from the holiday extravaganza that's going to celebrate us coming up to two hundred and fifty episodes. Guests confirmed so far. Patrick Creighton, Matt O'Boyle, John D'Alessandro, Mike McCann, Ray Martell, and others possibly coming. It's going to be a party. Oh, yeah. 100%. So you're not going to want to miss the holiday special, which will be released on Christmas morning. So you can unwrap it. And sit with your family and listen to about an hour to an hour and a half's worth of uh, old men yelling about sports. Amen. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm. But before we get to that, we have to see if our uh, boys have earned their Christmas bonuses this year. Let's look at our top 10. Let's begin with that. Now, remember, this top 10 was before... Yes. Sunday and Monday's action. So we are testing it to see if it uh makes sense. Let's see. All right. Well, let's go through these top tens, courtesy of Chris DeLarge, our producer, and let's see what he had to say. Ah, number 10 is the Baltimore Ravens. Hmm. Eight and four and first in the AFC North. Well, it uh it's been a rough little go over the last couple of weeks for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh Lamar Jackson got hurt again. So the backup, Tyler Huntley, had to take the reins and lead this Ravens team once again. And now he got hurt. Oh, my goodness. Isn't it incredible? So Lamar goes down, Huntley goes down. So you were on your third-string quarterback in Anthony Brown to lead your offense. Well, uh, they don't know that for sure. They're pretty sure Lamar Jackson is going to be out another week. And they're pretty sure Huntley's going to be out. Mm. So, you're a Ravens fan. Uh, good luck. Only slight bit of good news is you were, you're were you getting back J.K. Dobbins. That's about the only bit of good news you have. You'll get your main running back back. Yeah, didn't he come back and, you know, light the world on fire on Sunday? He came back. Injury prone has been a problem with this Ravens team. Their running backs can't stay healthy. Lamar so where do we put this team? Do we still consider them uh, the number 10 team in the NFL? 
I kind of have to agree, yes. I mean, this Ravens team, they find ways to win important games to get in the playoffs. I mean, the they're problem, not in first place anymore, no? It's once they get to the playoffs, then it all the wheels fall off. But they're not in first place anymore, no? They are. No, they're, they're, they're in first. Still they in have, first? They have the tiebreaker win over the Bengals in their first meeting. That's why they're in first right now. Okay. But don't worry. They got to play the Bengals one more time, and that could be put to the test. Yeah, Bengals I'm pretty sure. Right down their neck. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Bengals are going to, like, uh, annihilate the Ravens. I'm pretty sure annihilation is coming. Look oh, at I'll Joe go. Burrow. He's beaten Kansas City twice this year. Uh, well, you got to say it. I Kansas City once, but, yeah, you beat Patrick Mahomes three consecutive times. How many quarterbacks can say they've beaten Patrick Mahomes three times? Not many at all. None. So what I'll say is this. It's time. I'd say it's Cincinnati's time. They got to go out there and beat the beat the Ravens. But let's keep going up this so, list and nine. see where uh, yeah. Chris has these teams placed. Number nine are the Seattle Seahawks. Seven and five. No. Second in the NFC West. They don't belong there. The Seahawks have been struggling of late. The killer was losing Kenneth Walker to an injury. They lost their top running back in Kenneth Walker. They have been a little beat up in the secondary a little bit. And Geno is kind of, you wonder if that magic with Geno is kind of starting to fade. Now. Not really. He's lost his main running back, though. He, he had two good running backs, and now they're both gone. So now he's the main center focal point for the defense to defend because only two people you got other than those backs were Dallas Lockett and Metcalf. Yeah, Metcalf, Lockett, maybe have a couple tight ends. That's really it. And the Seahawks could play great defense all they want, but in that NFC West, the Niners are continuing to surge ahead of you. The Niners are running away with that division. They, they are running away with it because, well... Apparently, Brock Purdy is the uh, next coming of Peyton Manning. And he was the last pick in the 2022 draft. Isn't that incredible? Mr. Irrelevant, the very last pick. <laughs> and he's guiding the 49ers right now. Well, the Amazing. very last pick just proved he uh, maybe should have been a bit higher on a few people's draft boards. That's what creates sometimes that uh, ability of quarterbacks to prove it's one week, but Seattle needs to get their act together. Well, they yeah. need to reformulate a new offensive plan. Mm. Geno Smith has to be the man now. Yes, absolutely. And we're going to see what Geno's made of after all these years. So far, so good with him. But do we agree with Seattle being the number nine team? I'm not. I don't think so. That's for sure. Well, let's look at the team that's number eight. This is actually a shock. This team really dropped the dot down. Number eight is the Minnesota Vikings. And, and no, two. no, they, they they deserve to be higher. You know honestly. why Chris probably puts him there? Because he is waiting for Kirk Cousins to choke. He's waiting for that bad game by the Vikings. For Kirk I Cousins. mean, we're all waiting uh -huh. for it, but. <laughs> well, well they the almost Vikings, had it. You're very lucky the for the Vikings. You beat the Jets. Because the Jets yeah, they almost won had... that game. Yeah, well, well they should have, but. Should have. Same old Jets. We'll, we'll we'll get to the New York teams in a minute. I'm sure neither of them are on this top ten list, or if they are, then there was a grave mistake make made here because uh oh we got issues with both New York teams, but we'll get to those in a minute. Um, but the Vikings at eight. I mean, 
They're you know. still winning games, but they've been barely, but they pretty much have been winning the close games. That's why they're where they are. It they doesn't lost matter. They, they, they're the best team in the NFC, not named Philadelphia. Um, They've been consistent all year long. They run the ball. They pass the ball. Justin Jefferson's having a great season. Kirk Cousins. Wide receiver. I think better than any wide receiver we've ever seen. Yeah, Kirk Cousins has a he has literally a nuclear arsenal at his uh disposal. Mm-hmm. I think you could literally put like uh you could like put somebody's grandmother in as quarterback and uh they would take care of business with the weapons around. Yeah. Well, so we'll Kirk Cousins is in a great situation here. Well, Kirk Cousins now has to be the one to not blow it completely. We've seen it happen too many times in critical games for Kirk Cousins. And your toughest game is coming up against the Lions. How is that your toughest game? Huh? How is that the toughest game? Although the one thing I'll say is Because the Lions are playing better football of late. Jared Goff is looking like that uh, number one overall pick he was supposed to be. I wouldn't be sleeping on him. I, I would not be sleeping on the Lions. Goff's got skill. I every single Jared Goff would be out of the NFL in a few years. I'm like, no, he won't. Yeah. He's gonna have a long career. Watch. Well, we'll see if that keeps going. Now let's go to the team at number seven. It's the Miami Dolphins, eight and four, second in the AFC East. Do they do they deserve to be there? You know Ooh. the the Dolphins are slowly beginning to worry me a little bit. A bit. They took a bad loss to the 49ers last week. Everyone takes bad losses to the 49ers, though. Well, not like this. Miami was blowing everybody land. Suddenly, San Francisco exposed the weakness of this Miami football team. They rely too much on Tua Tungavailoa's ability to move. Yeah. When Tua has to scramble out of the pocket and he's rushed and he's pressured, Something generally, happen. he's so fine. Well. Yeah, well. Generally, he's fine. The difference is uh, somebody actually came up with a defensive scheme that involved stopping Tua from doing the things that he does well, getting him out of the pocket so he has no time to read through progressions, and then once he's out of the pocket, covering everybody so that he has nowhere to go with the football. Well, that credit goes to D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator for the Niners. That's where it all goes to. The Niners are proving themselves to be probably the best team in the NFC, if not in football. I mean, the 49ers have it all, offense, defense, special teams, coaching. The only thing they don't got, honestly, is a legitimate quarterback. Well, I mean. But once Brock again, anyone can quarterback the 49ers right now. Well, if Brock Purdy can establish himself now that Jimmy Garoppolo's gone, maybe Brock Purdy could be the future that the quarterback that maybe the four niners never Trey Lance is that. still there. Trey Lance will always be given the first chance to start and do mm-hmm. things for that team. If Brock Purdy gets this team into the playoffs and takes them somewhere, I might have He'll to still be on the bench for Trey Lance. Who's next on the top ten? Yeah, let's keep going. All right. Number six, who have we got? It's the well, and we're we might as well stay on topic. It's the 49ers at number six. Yeah, they should be higher than this. The 49ers should be in a top a top three team because 
Look at what they've done with inconsistent quarterback play. Losing two quarterbacks this year. Lost their starter, Trey Lance, and now Jimmy Garoppolo's out. They've now you're stuck a, with Brock Purdy. Yeah. They've had uh, some of their offense a little beat up. Elijah Mitchell went down out again with another injury. You've had Debo Samuel get beat up a little bit. Debo Samuel hurt because he's playing both running back and wide receiver. What a shock. Well, but he's that type of player, and he wants to be that type of hybrid player to play wide receiver and running back in the same. That's why they got Christian McCaffrey, Debo. Be a wideout, make your money, and stop complaining. Basically, McCaffrey does exactly what Debo would do, but better. Yeah, so go be a wideout, Debo. Maybe maybe if he doesn't, maybe this last injury could be the final straw. Maybe he has to just say, that's it. I can't keep getting myself yeah. beat up running. No, the you're going to get beat up and lose money. Go be a wideout. They got Christian McCaffrey. Here's a big one. How about Kyle Shanahan finally gets his revenge and beats the very quarterback that uh, basically he'll be known for his most epic collapse against? Prove you can beat Tom Brady. Yeah. Prove you can beat Brady, and maybe then we'll talk. Could you imagine... Uh, could you imagine if a team like San Francisco, mm-hmm. like let's say they were to somehow lose the NFC West, which I don't think could happen, I but, but say they did, mm-hmm. they would have to go to the lowest ranked uh, division winner, which will most likely be Tampa. Could you imagine Kyle Shanahan taking a 11 or 12 win 49er team into Tampa and losing to Tom Brady? Oh, humiliating. I mean, look what happened. Look what happened to the Saints. Right for the picking. You could have beaten the Niners. You could have beaten the, the Bucks. Put them away. You blew nope. it. Five minutes. Well, this is the Bucks MO. Yep. Let's move up. Let's go to the team at number five. And wow, this is a team I never thought I'd see at number five. It's the Kansas City Chiefs at number five. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. This is interesting. Now, why on earth are the Kansas City Chiefs five? You know what? If you look at Pat Mahomes' performance last week, I can tell you why. You took, okay, you took a bad, you took a, a tough loss to Joe Burrow. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Three no. picks. That's okay, what you're then, not supposed to do. Yeah, but you made up for those. Th- you made no, up. No, you those- didn't. Obviously, you lost. Kansas City being number five makes sense. They're a team that, on certain days, they could beat the hell out of you, and there's absolutely nothing you could do. Then there's others where they, I guess, don't take the game seriously enough or the other coach schemes better for them or having homes is an off day or something, and now you are where you are. The Chiefs are not consistently beating opponents as, as if they did in the past few years. That game was only 27-24. The Bengals beat the Chiefs. It wasn't like it was... You're supposed like to be the best team in the ready. AFC. Right. The Chiefs are supposed to be the best team in the AFC. Well, that's what hurt. If you're Patrick Mahomes, that is what hurt. And really, if you look at in that particular game, okay, yeah, 
Travis Kelsey had a bad fumble. But you can't blame that on Patrick Mahomes. He, he, he didn't throw an interception against the Bengals. He didn't throw a pick. He didn't throw a pick against them. He threw three of them. That was against Denver. He threw the three picks, and they still won the game. That's fine, but he still threw three picks against Denver this week. Yeah, I'm not saying. not playing well. He's been, I think he threw what, like five picks in his last two games? He's thrown, he's had the the interceptions have been picking up a little bit of late. Picking up a little bit. Pat Mahomes has been throwing more picks this year than I've ever seen him throw. Well, this is becoming a problem. Well, it doesn't help when Tyreek Hill is not there to be your top receiver anymore. Doesn't help when your wide receiving core got a little beat up. I mean, doesn't help when you have to throw the ball to a little bit more. You have look, to... Mahomes has been exposed here. I think he's been slightly exposed. He's been slightly exposed, huh? You know, okay, Patrick Mahomes has thrown 11 picks this year, 33 That's touchdowns not... to 11 interceptions. Is that That's really good? It's not good to you. 11 uh, picks to 33 touchdowns is not good to you. 11 picks is bad because those 11 picks have been costly to Kansas City. A lot of those picks caused Kansas City to lose. So well, Mahomes, Colts, yeah, that was one. Well, the Col- the Colts game was definitely one of them. You're right. The, the, there's the proof right there. There it is. But still, I believe Patrick Mahomes will bounce back, and don't think the Bengals are not going to be due to lose a game at some point. Maybe the Chiefs take advantage of that. I, I wouldn't rule it out. The Bengals aren't even in first place in their own division at the moment, but here's the thing. They could. They could. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. Do you tr- who do you trust Patrick Mahomes to throw it to in a big moment right now? Only one I can think of is Kelsey. That's it. That's your problem. Yeah. Well, you don't have, you have no other options. There's no other options on this team. You have Juju Smith Schuster. That's barely Hardman. You have he's out. Yeah, well, he's injured. That's right. The rest of the season, I believe. You have Jarek McKinnon. I mean, you have some. You have playmakers there. It's not like Patrick Mahomes has no one to. Patrick throw. Mahomes is praying for Kadarius Tony to get as healthy as possible very quickly. Well, if he gets healthy, that's the key ingredient. If he gets healthy. If, and that's why the Giants traded him. Well, let's see where the Chiefs will be in about a couple more weeks from now. This is going to be a telling couple of weeks for Kansas City. They want to be that number one seed. And let's go to the the team at number four on the top ten. And I think you know where I'm going with this because we briefly talked about them. It's who day. It's the Bengals, number four on the top ten. They shouldn't be. They should not be at number four. Number four, I'd say that's pretty good in my book. Number four is pretty good. They still shouldn't be there. They're not a first place team. I disagree with this. They're not a first place team, huh? They've certainly played like one of the last few weeks. Joe Burrow used to win games. Uh, Jamar Chase is back now. So suddenly this Bengals team has got their big receiver back. He's very boomer bust, though. Like Chase will either be a world beater, catch 11 passes for 140 yards and three touchdowns. If anybody's boomer, he'll drop five balls. That's Chase. He could run. He could pass. He could do whatever it takes. But there are those games where his hands turn to stone and he don't catch the football 
yeah, he had some of those problems a bit coming out of college, but it never seemed to translate when he went to the NFL. How Take often? A look. He's dropping a pass. How often? At least once or twice a game this year. Okay, once or twice a game. It's not like it was happening every time the ball's thrown to him. Okay. I have a question. If the great you, ones drop one once in a while, it happens. So once or twice a game, your receiver gets a drop. If those, if that receiver isn't putting up Jamar Chase numbers, what are you generally doing as a football fan? You want that guy's head. Because after 11 weeks, that means it's like, what? 20 drops? Well, if he was the only target of Joe, if he was the only reliable target of Joe Burrow, I would agree. But Joe Burrow has many capable targets. Now, Tyler Boyd got Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst, Joe Mixon. You got weaponry there. You got playmakers there. And as long as Jamar still shouldn't be, they get open. They shouldn't be better than the 49ers, though. They're not. Well, the Bengals still have some work to do if they're going to clinch the AFC North. You still have to hold off a Ravens team that's breathing down their neck, just as they're so far so good, I guess, on this top 10. It actually doesn't make sense to this week. It seems like they've uh, got their acts on straight. Who's next? Number three. Let's see what we got here. Okay, it's uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, that's wrong. Second in the NFC East. And why is this wrong? The Dallas Cowboys are are winning the games that they're supposed to win. Okay, they had a couple of tough losses. But the Cowboys are right there. They're winning the games. Didn't they just get blown the hell away on Sunday? Okay, they. you mean they blew out? Uh, you mean they blew, They got the blowout scoring 33 points in the fourth? That's what the Cowboys did. They scored 33 points and blew away the Colts 54-17. Okay, the Cowboys didn't answer your question right there. That they uh they were taking teams too lightly. They maybe you know they 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 choke at the last minute. I didn't see any of that. No, Dak Prescott actually put together a damn good game. Yeah. They're finally handing the ball to Tony Pollard. Oh, about time! Oh, about time! Him and Zeke are about three years too late, but you know, three years too late. You're still you were still trying to figure out who Tony Pollard is. What do you have in Pollard? Well, he started a couple weeks when Zeke went down. You had him behind Zeke. Both of them can carry the football just as good. Yeah, let me tell you something. Ezekiel Elliott is looking more and more and more like one of the biggest draft busts. Draft busts? Yep. Draft busts? No. 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 Ezekiel Elliott is a very capable first round running back that gets usurped by somebody they picked in the third or fourth round. No matter how Tony Pollard is the number one running back in Dallas. It should have been Zeke. It should still be Zeke, but it's not because he has not played up to that level. Maybe at some point Tony Pollard will prove those people. Wrong, and he'll be the leading core of running back at some point. He was a fourth. He is the leading running back now. He's got. That's it. Pollard was a fourth round pick in 2019. Okay, he was fourth round, the 128th pick in the 2019 draft. Maybe people didn't know who Pollard was yet. Maybe he's turned it around. Well, he's he's made himself into a top five running back in the NFC. Well, he is. Maybe at some point he'll be the torch will be passed and he will be the top running back. Maybe Zeke decides to go somewhere else. 
And then it's Tony Pollard at the top of the league. It's Tony Pollard at the top of the freaking food chain in Dallas right now. That's what what I'm trying to say. Zeke is a backup. Okay, well, if anything, you're equalizing their opportunities to run the balls. Now you give Zeke a little rest. You give Pollard a little rest. Either each of them can basically be a scoring threat no matter what. They both can score. It doesn't matter how you slice it. Okay, Pollard is on a good run. He's doing incredible. I love it. But you know what? Zeke is still there for a reason. Look, I mean, all I'm saying is Dallas has a bunch of skilled players. They still have an offensive line that could block, and they got two running backs that know what they're doing. Yep. So, to boot as well. You know, don't sleep on CeeDee Lamb. Don't sleep on Dalton Schultz. They have more than capable receiving at the hands of the, the offense, just like they have at the running game. Like I said, they're talented all around. But now, but that- until Dallas, until Dallas goes out and proves it in the postseason, I'm sorry, I can't buy into it. Fair. All right, let's move up to the team at number two. It's the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, they're still there. That shouldn't really shock anyone. Josh Allen still finds ways to win. Stefan Diggs, Singletary. This entire offense of the Buffalo Bills is absolutely insane. This is where the Vikings should be, though. Yeah. Truthfully. They're, they're, they're not, they are not at the level of the Buffalo. I mean, they've challenged Buffalo, yes. They're better, in my opinion. Mm, yeah, but, you know, if that were the case, they, uh, you know, maybe they would have, maybe they would have beaten Buffalo, perhaps. Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, because that's where I think this Vikings team is going. That's where I think this Buffalo team is going. But well, it would be nice if we actually saw a battle between two teams that have had four attempts at a Super Bowl and failed to win it once. I would love to see him a, a Vikings Bills Super Bowl. I think that would be so, excellent. One will finally win their first Super Bowl if that were the case. One will. And I honestly believe the Vikings are the better team, but you know, I understand why Buffalo's here. Because of the years of experience of them doing this before, they are always in the top seats of the AFC, especially for the past three years once Josh Allen figured it out. And now Stefan Diggs is on this team, and I don't know if you trust the rest of the skill players on this squad, but you know what? Between Davis, Diggs, Allen... Dawson Knox, don't sleep on him. Single yeah. Don't sleep on him. Say I do a little... Buffalo Bills have other weapons if they need to throw the ball to them. And, of course, Josh Allen could run the ball himself. Josh Allen's more than a proven capable running runner. And he's willing to go that extra mile. He's willing to take that big hit. He's willing to helicopter over receivers and get that few extra yards if need be. He will go all in to make sure. Yeah, and then who's backing him up in case he gets hurt from his all-in play style? You have Matt Barkley. Would that be Kyle Allen or something? Kyle, no, Kyle Allen's on the uh, Texans. Oh, sorry. Or, uh, the Washington Football Commanders, whichever one. Some, somebody, but yeah. but they, yeah, they don't. Other than you, know, they don't really have a, uh, you know, they don't have a. Cable At least last year they had Trubisky to fall back on. Now they don't have. Well, I was with Pittsburgh, so good luck with. Yeah, that. he's with Pittsburgh, sticking up that joint. Oh, my God, did you see the four picks he threw? Oh my God, I don't even want to talk about that game. Ravens had no business winning that game. And uh, Trubisky said, here you go. Yeah, the sad part is when they were in the red zone all those four times, that was the worst of it all. You're in the red zone. You could have scored three, four times, and you turn it over. 
unacceptable. Well, last but not least, the team at number one, I think we all know who number one is. It's the Philadelphia Eagles, 11-1, first in the NFC East. Watch them get bounced out in round one. That that always seems to be what happens. That team like, looks like... Don't they just give you that vibe of regular season champion postseason flop? Well, time will tell with that one. But, I mean, the Eagles already won a Super Bowl in 2018. So it's not like... Not with most of this squad. Well, this squad should win. This squad should go deep if every if they live up to what their record says they are. They should go deep. Mm-hmm. Should. should. If anything, they'll get a first round bye no matter what happens. They're they're the top team in the NFL, so they'll get a first round bye no matter what happens here. But how they will do after the bye is going to be a very telling question. Well, question. that's the thing. We'll see what happens. I, so, I'll be so, so. How do we grade this top ten? Considering that this was no. created before, we didn't have very much to complain about as far as who. No, was we didn't. Where I no, will give didn't. this. I'll give this an A. I think this deserves an A for me. What this about you? A good B plus. Plus, okay. A good right, B plus. Give you credit put the right teams on here chris you put the right teams in the right spots i think and we didn't see any of the new york teams yeah, which is perfect because neither of them deserve there yeah, except for buffalo that's right we want to legitimately count them buffalo would be a new york team but yeah not the jets or the giants no they've been playing badly of late so that's fair all right so we've looked at the top 10 now why don't we take a quick look at the pick six and let's see if any of these games uh Met the expectations uh, of what we envisioned to happen, right? I, I'll well, be- I didn't envision it. To, like I said, this is Chris the Large, Tony Mainville's picks. We're going to see if they were correct when we come back right after this. All right, and we're back. Um, so it, it, it is time. The, the boys have done a good job mm-hmm. so far. Okay. Now it's time to check out uh, what the picks were, okay? Um, we're definitely going to go ahead and do that. Yeah. So Let's while Beast, with- while you go through mm-hmm. the pick six, I'm going to pull up the real results, and we're going to see how close our boys got to it. Oh, boy, this should be fun. Let's see what we got. Let's begin first with, uh, let's see, I want to pick these games. right. All right, let's start with the Jets-Bills game. Okay, well, Chris basically wrote it like this. It's White versus Allen in this AFC East clash. The Jets carry the number one defense to Orchard Park to face the Bills who have Super Bowl expectations. The key matchup will be Sauce Gardner against Diggs. Yes, the Jets beat Allen in MetLife. Jets are in the wild card race, but they would really like to have a chance to stay in the AFC East race. White has played better, but Allen will tell the Jets there are levels to this. He predicts it would be a Bills win, 21-17. You know what? Was he right? 20-12. to 12. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that was close. All right. No problem Damn with close. that. Damn close. Uh, you feel bad for Mike White, though. 
He took 27 a- for 44, 268 yards. He didn't, he didn't throw a pick, though. Yeah. Here was the problem. Jets O-line didn't protect him very well. He was knocked down. He was he was hit brutally hard in this game. I think he busted his ribs, and uh, he's back to work the next day. Yeah. Zach Wilson stubs his pinky toe. I got to be out for a week. Yeah, a leg injury also when he was trying to do a cut in preseason. <laughs> Zach Wilson. If Mike White has proven anything, it's that Zach Wilson should no longer be a Jet. Well, I got bad news for you. The Jets just promoted Wilson to be the number two back. So if, God forbid, Mike White can't go, Zach Wilson's back in. Well, because Joe Flacco did a wonderful job. Going one for three for one yard. He was in for like one or two snaps. He was in for uh, three. He threw on all three attempts. Only got one completion for one yard. And he fumbled on one of them as well. Yeah, so. Well, for the Jets, yeah, this was a rough one. Uh, You you close the gap on Buffalo. Michael Carter, man. I love Michael Carter. Oh, what happened to Michael Michael Carter? Carter. Donovan Knight, I mean... Not of the Knights are running back, my friend. Where do you the, the the Jets? I don't know where they do this. They just keep finding these guys out of absolute nowhere. Like mm-hmm. who the hell was Zonovan Knight about four weeks ago? Now he's one of the now he's a top ten running back. Well, because you don't have Brees Hall, but you know what? I think the Jets have something special here. Brees Hall comes back next year. Brees Could you imagine back. a backfield of Brees Hall, Zonovan Knight, and Michael Carter? Oh, my God. That would be like what the Giants had with Bradshaw, Ward, and Brandon Jacobs. That's the best running back. That would be the best running back trio in the NFL. Maybe none of them are the most skilled, but all of them have around the same. uh, They're in the same place, and uh, they each do different things. Donovan Knight is a bruiser. Michael Carter can give you a little bit of both, the bruising and the – the pass uh, reception. In fact, I think Michael Carter is your pass catching back. And then uh, Reese Hall's Hall. a physical runner. He's a physical yeah. runner, too. So you can literally wear down defenses as the game goes on. And when it gets cold out, you need to run the football. That is very important in the cold to run the ball, tire out the opposition. So why the hell did Mike, why the hell were there only 23 rushing attempts in this game? And Mike White had to throw the ball 44 times. Oh, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Jets were shooting themselves in the foot, committing penalties on first down. That didn't help. How many times was I watching the Jets and they get called for a hold? They get called for a false start. So it would have been first and 10, became first and 15, first and 20. So you take, you're running out. You have to throw the ball just to eat up some yards and then run it. Robert Sala, I'm sorry. Everybody wants to say how wonderful of a goal he is. This is not a Sala. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's on Mike LaFleur. It's on Mike LaFleur. It's Robert Sala. And let me tell you why. Who's your starting quarterback right now? Mike White. There you go. Mike White finally proved he can be a leader on this offense. The whole team supports him. No, it's not that Mike White proved that he could. It's that Robert Sala proved that he couldn't coach. I'm sorry. Allow me to explain this to you and the Jet fans. Everybody got on Elijah Moore. 
Everybody got on memes. Everybody said, oh, no, they're just talking garbage. It's bad for the team. Zach Wilson's the future. Three weeks later, we find out that Zach Wilson was talking crap on all of them, including Garrett Wilson. Didn't like any of his receivers. Didn't like any of his running backs. Threw his whole team under the bus. This is a coaching issue. Your whole locker room has turned against each other. And if you, there's only one person to blame for that. And that is Robert Sala. Two years in a row. And if the Jets don't make the postseason after the start that they had, Robert Sala should be on the next bus out of here. Nobody expected the Jets to even be here. That's That's not true. And you know it. Okay. Everyone thought this was going to still be a rebuilding year, another rebuilding year. That's not true when you know it. Jets then started winning some games in spite of Zach Wilson, however you may slice it. But yes, when Zach Wilson had that terrible game against New England, something had to be done. Something had to change. And I don't blame Sala for pulling that trigger and sitting Zach Wilson down because everybody was going to get on Sala. If you play Zach Wilson another week, you lose your he football. Should game. have benched him before the Patriot game. Before the game, even though the Jets were winning despite Zach Wilson's problems, he was being more of a game managing quarterback. You should have benched him. Yes, because you need Zach Wilson to be more than that. What a game manager! That's Mike White. Mike White, two twenty-seven for. 44, 268. There's your game manager. You don't need more than that to be a game manager. He's a lot quicker at thinking where he's going to put the ball. He has the receivers more in tune than Zach Wilson did. Zach stands in the pocket too long. Zach. I just want everybody to think about this. Yeah. A guy in Mike White who was a unrestricted free agent last season had no interest, and I mean literally no interest from other teams. The only team that wanted him was the Jets. So you're telling me that your star draft pick quarterback, Zach Wilson, second overall, has been beaten out by a guy that no one else wanted. That's a coaching Failure. How about maybe people didn't maybe think Mike White was going to do what he was doing? Maybe people thought, ah, you know, Mike White, eh, doesn't look like anything fun or interesting. You can't tell me that over 30 teams worth of scouts had um, d- d- agreeing that this was not a guy they wanted on their roster. Look how many teams didn't draft Garrett Wilson. Look how many teams didn't draft Jermaine Johnson. Those were all guys that were supposed to be high up on draft boards. And they fell to the Jets. But do you know what's funny? You want to know what's funny? All of a sudden with the Jets, Mike White, it's the quarterback. Denzel Mims, three catches, 35 yards. Elijah Moore, six catches for 60. Garrett Wilson, six for 78. Conklin gets involved, five catches. Because you have a quarterback that knows how to get the ball to these guys. Something's and out- then all these morons that you used to see trying to catch passes for the Jets. Braxton Berrios, one reception. Corey Davis, one reception. C.J. Oh, Uzuma, one reception. Corey Davis has been hurt the last couple of weeks. Finally came back, and then he got hurt again. 
No, but do you know what, though? The people that you should have been passing it to all year long are finally getting the ball. Your best skill players under Mike White are finally getting the football. Zach Wilson wouldn't throw to these people. For what reason? I don't know. Well, the fact of the matter is, for now, the short-term solution as of this point is to go with Mike White over Zach Wilson. Mike White has got these Ray Lucas vibes about him, that he is going to be the consummate backup, the guy that is always behind the guy that will come in and play well, and the Jets fans will clamor for him. But after about four or five weeks, they're going to want their starter back. Uh, it's just the way it works with Mike White. Mike White has a lot of these uh, Ray Lucas slash Nick Foles vibes to him. Which are not bad vibes to have. I mean, both quarterbacks were successful in the postseason, so. Well, let's see if Mike White could, if should the Jets get there, because Salah. Mike White, I think, at least for next year, should be your starter. Salah says, we'll see the Bills next. We'll see them again. Robert Salah, that team's going to the playoffs. Yeah, and, and, and once again, Robert Salah just shoots himself in the foot because now he's made a declaration that they're going to the playoffs. You have no idea if you're going to the playoffs if you're the Jets. There's so many teams around the Jets that I I, I just don't see it. Let's dive into one of those teams that was trailing the Jets. Let's continue with our six-pack, and let's see which next team, if if they uh, shock the world. Here, let's go to this one, the Sunday night game, the Miami Dolphins and the L.A. Chargers. This is a big one if you were the Jets because the Chargers are breathing down your neck for that seventh wildcard spot. So let's see what we got. It was Tua versus Justin Herbert, the two quarterbacks of the two of the best young guns from the 2020 draft. The Dolphins have the most explosive wide receiver duo in Hill and Waddle, and they're in the AFC wildcard picture and still in the hunt for the AFC East. The Chargers know this is a the Chargers know this, and possibly, you know, if they lose, this could be the end of the year for Justin Herbert. Yes, I'm still the president of the Justin Herbert fan club. Yeah, Chris loves Justin yes, Herbert. Yes, we know Chris. Why mouth? Why do mouth and bees still hate Herbert when it's not his fault? Why they are where they are right now? Why do we hate Herbert? We don't yeah. hate Herbert. We just don't think he has been as good this year as he was last year. Yes, my football. This mind. game notwithstanding. Yes, my football mind should pick Miami, but I'm going with the ship. Down with the ship. L.A. will win 34-31. Was well, he? 23-17 Chargers, so yes. And what we not the score, but I'll tell you the main reason the Dolphins lost. Tua. Yeah. I mean, he didn't. What the he hell happened to Tua? Well, uh, I think it was more about the uh, Chargers defense. Here, let's take a look. Raheem Mostert, 11 carries, only 37 yards. Yep. Jeff Wilson Jr. got hurt. That didn't help things. Austin Eckler, well, the Miami did keep up uh, the rushing attack for the Chargers uh, pretty contained. Getting Mike Williams back was huge for L.A., huge. Him and yeah. Keenan Allen haven't played together this season at all. Okay, can I just look through this? And by the way, oh, the love was spread around. Let me give you the top five receivers. Sure. In yards, the top receiver was Mike Williams with six catches, 116 yards and a touchdown. The workhorse was Keenan Allen, 12 receptions. You know, I talked about this with Noah Eagle a few weeks back. Talked about the L.A. Chargers. I know he covers mainly the 
the Clippers, but he, you know, he does pay attention to the football teams all around LA. And he told me about the Chargers. And I was saying, well, you know, the Chargers just haven't looked good. And they're like, well, you know, the Chargers have had injuries. And yet they're still winning with what they have. Despite the injuries, they're still finding ways to win games. If this team was at full power, the Chargers would probably be right up there with Kansas City. And maybe he would, and in a way, he might be right. You get Mike Williams back with Keenan Allen, this this Charger team is a lot more dangerous. Justin Herbert can move the ball around, which is something they wanted to, Coach Staley really wanted to make sure it happened because he didn't want Herbert getting knocked down. He didn't want Herbert getting just say one thing. Stuck in the pocket. One thing on one thing only. Okay. The Chargers won this game off in the second quarter. First quarter, zero. Third quarter, they only scored three points. Fourth quarter, they only scored three points. They did all of their damage in one quarter, and they spent three quarters not playing anywhere considering well. So the Chargers are still a little bit away. They should have taken a team like Miami and put them behind the woodshed. They did not. So, But they found a way at the end of the day. However... 2-0 Two and zero for the boys so far on the pick six. What's next? All right, let's keep it going. All right, we got next. Hmm, let me pick another. All right, Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. The game that was on Fox one o'clock this in the afternoon. It's an NFC East showdown this Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. The Giants are in the wild card hunt, but if they want to have any hopes in the NFC East race, Jones, Barkley, Slayton must match Sanders, Hertz, and Brown. Giants must slow the game, and Philly would love to make it a high sna- a high scoring game. Giants have passed expectations, but the Eagles are better, and it will show. The Eagles win 31-21. Well, they got the Giants score right, except Philly just uh, well, forty eight to twenty two. So so far, our boys are three and zero. Oh. Well, the Giants three and zero. Oh, good job so well, far. The Giants well. It's very clear now what this giant team just simply doesn't have. They got here on smoke and mirrors and pixie, shall I say fairy and pixie dust? Because look at what happened to the Giants now. Look at what's happened to the Giants over the last three, four weeks. Have they won a game the last three, four weeks now since they were seven and two? They are 0-3 and one. There you go. And you know why? Daniel Jones, as great as as good a quarterback as he's been this year, he's not great. Great, he's not that guy that can take over a football game. He doesn't have receivers around him that can. Well, right now he has no receivers, so I I, I don't know what to say. And then Saquon is often hurt, and then Barkley disappears. He has good games, then Barkley does nothing two weeks later. Yeah, because Barkley is now the only focal point in that offense. By the way, two quarterbacks played for the Giants. Tyrod Taylor came in after Jones got, went down. Oh, yeah, Jones went down again. Um, oh. Jones was 18 for 27, 169 yards and a touchdown. Everybody said Daniel Jones is a bad quarterback. Please stop. He's not the – look, he's not a world beater, but you could you could be in a worse situation. Your quarterback could be Brock Purdy. Your quarterback could be uh, who's that kid in Atlanta? Oh yeah, a Ritter, Desmond Ritter. In fact, he's DJ Walker could be your quarter. Sam Darnold could be your quarterback. 
There are so many quarterbacks that are actually starting in the NFL today. You know what's funny about that? I would take Daniel Jones over. You know what's so funny about Darnold? I I actually hate to bring this up, and actually, it's it's perfect segue into the next one of the pick six. The NFC South is so bad. The Panthers are just a game out. Like Darnold could get the Panthers in the playoffs without and this. And Sam Darnold will have proven that he was better than Baker Mayfield. In yeah. fact, he's done it already. Baker's gone. Baker well led the led the Rams back. He beat the Raiders. But he had a crappy, crappy game. He has nobody though. He doesn't have Cooper Cup. He's hurt. He had no Cooper Cup. Oh, Cam Akers finally starts to run the ball right again. Whoopee! Congratulations. Yeah, because you have a yeah, because you have a guy at the quarterback line that half knows what he's doing. Yeah. Other than that, the Rams lost just about every player you could have lost. Stafford gone, Cup gone. Well, let's just say this: uh, the Giants were a big pile of poo. Meanwhile, Jalen Hurts uh, twenty-one thirty-one, two seventeen, two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, seven rushes, 77 yards and a touchdown. Miles Sanders, 144 yards, two touchdowns. Boston Scott got involved in the fun. Got a touchdown as well. A.J. Brown had a touchdown just as well. This offense. Devonta Smith as well. Can you imagine if this Eagles team plays like this in the playoffs? I don't think any team could come close. I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. Now, let's compare it to the Giants. Uh, Tyrod Taylor was your best rusher. He had a touchdown, shockingly enough, in a short amount of snaps that he played. Uh, Five for five, 47 yards and a TD. Yeah. By the way, a lot of the Giants uh, scoring came in garbage time. Um. Nine runs, 28 yards for Saquon. Daniel Jones, four for 26 and a touchdown. And uh, a couple of guys we've never heard of before. Gary Brightwell and Matt Breida also got involved in the uh, running. Yeah. Your number one wide receiver was a gentleman by the name of Richie James. Has anybody ever heard of Richie James? Uh, the Giants were using him more on special teams a, a little bit. You know, he was yeah, more- Darius Slayton only had two catches. Yeah, well, doesn't help when Sterling Shepard, you lost him for the season. That, that really didn't help. Your number one receiver was Richie James. Yeah, well. That's all you need to know about that. But so far, our boys are, no. they're on it. They, they've gotten every one of these games right so far. So what's next? Let's go to the next one. Ah, this is the game I wanted to talk about. The Shanahan revenge game. Mr. Irrele- Irrelevant Brock Purdy against Mr. Tom Terrific, greatest of all time, Tom Brady. Bucks and 49ers. Now let's read into this one. It's per- it's Brady versus Purdy in the Bay. We know the Bucks can't score or sustained drives, but that defense led by Barrett or why the Bucks are still in the hunt. The Niners have weapons on offense with Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Juwan Jennings, and Brandon Ayuk. Plus, that defense is led by Nick Bosa, 14 and a half sacks first in the NFL. Ward, Hufanga, and Warner. So will the greatest of all time do it again by the Bay like he did versus the Saints on Monday Night Football? I'll say yes. 20 to 14 Bucks in overtime. No. Well, well ah, <laughs> 
35 to 7. 49ers. What? And what? 49 to 7. And by the way, Tom Brady with a very unimpressive stat line. 34 for 55. If Tom Brady's throwing 55 times in a game, wow. you've lost. Only 253 yards for those 34 completions. A touchdown and two interceptions. Meanwhile, the great immortal Brock Purdy, 16 of 21, meaning he's completed higher than 70% of his passes, folks. 185 yards and two touchdowns. He also now, ran a touchdown as well. He also ran one in. That is right. He ran a touchdown on the one-yard line. Uh, Josh Johnson also got involved in the uh, fun. Mm-hmm. A couple of attempts. Uh, let's check out the rushing attack. Rashad White, 13 carries, 56 yards. Leonard Fournette. Wow, what a disappointing year for him. I think Rashad Four carries only 13 wow. yards. Wow. Well, it doesn't help that the Bucks were getting blown out like they were. You basically take the running out of the out of the offense. You take the running game out pretty much as soon as you're trailing by four possessions. That's usually what happens. That's why Brady had to throw the ball 55 times. The two interceptions didn't help him. I think one of them got returned for a pick six. So that really didn't help. None of his receivers got over 60 yards. Julio Jones, five, yeah, five catches, but only 38 yards. Him. Leonard Fournette, great job catching six balls, 33 yards. See, this is what or this is what San Francisco does. Yeah, they'll let you get the ball. That's great. You're not going anywhere with it. No, they won't give you space to move. That's nope. how they play. That's how Godwin only had 54 yards. That's how Mike Evans only had 44 yards. Absolutely. Meanwhile, let's take a look at the 49ers here. So on their rushing, 119 yards from McCaffrey and only 14 carries. 8.5 yards per friggin' carry. Oh, yeah, Jordan Mason, 11 carries for 56 yards. They really didn't need uh, Jeff Wilson. Debo, 4 for 21. Oh, yeah, and Debo rushed a touchdown as well. Uh, So let's check the receiving. Granted, not a lot of players had a lot of catches because Brock Purdy didn't throw that much. Ayuk, uh, 57 yards and a touchdown. And, and, and the Niner receivers made the most of their opportunities. Debo, 4 for 43. McCaffrey didn't have that good of a game catching the football. Kittle could have did a little better, but four catches, still not a bad effort. Uh has so much depth on it. It's it's absolutely scary. You know how many coaches on this Niners team have gone on to become NFL head coaches? This will be the third year in a row, by the way, that a 49er will become a head coach somewhere else. You had Robert Sala become the Jets coach. You had Mike McDaniel become the Dolphins coach. Robert Sala might be going back to San Francisco pretty soon if the Jets keep this up. Nico Ryans will get a head coaching job for certain next year. So he will leave the 49ers and get a head coaching job somewhere else eventually as well. Well, look at this. I mean, because look at why. How many quarterbacks has Shanahan had? Had great ones. He's had great quarterbacks. He's had Matt He's Ryan. had to work from 
he's had to work from guys like Matt Ryan to Brock Purdy to Garoppolo. Trey Lance. He's worked with so many different quarterbacks. And yet somehow his offense is still consistently put up 24 points or more. And then even better than that, his teams make the playoffs. His teams go to the Super Bowl. Nobody expects them. Even this year, nobody expects the Niners to do anything. Well, look at what they just did to one of your preseason favorites. They just put Tom Brady and the Bucks under 500. Six and seven. They have taken... They've taken that NFC West by storm. We knew they were going to be good. We thought that we were going to see a lot. First off, the Cardinals are just god-awful, and they had a terrible season, a lot of injuries, and now the real kick of the nads is uh, Kyler Murray being gone for the rest of the season. And if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan, you're just wanting to jump off a roof. If you're a Rams fan, it's even worse for you. So basically, the Niners are running away with a division that your only challenge in is the Seattle Seahawks, led by Geno Smith, who lost their top two running backs. Mm. My goodness, how much things could get for how much things could get better if you're forty. Yeah, how much things could change? We thought the NFC West was the best division in football by far. Boy, were we wrong. Let's go to our fifth game of the top six. By the way, this is the only the first one. So out of the, they're three and one so far. The boys, great work. Let's go to the next one. All right, you know what? We just talked about Arizona, and this is a very important game if you're a Jets fan. Patriots Cardinals, the Monday night game. Oh boy, Jones versus Murray in the desert. The Pats have a top ten defense led by Matthew Judon. Myers is the Pats' best weapon at the wide receiver position. The Pats still have a shot in the postseason. Cards have been one of the most disappointing teams in the NFL, and Cliff Kingsbury should be on the hot seat. DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green can only do so much. Pats win 2016. Was Chris right? 27-13, Pats. And let me give you this. It's definitely not the Cardinals' skill position players' fault. I mean, Colt McCord did have a pick, but 27 for 40, 246. The game was over by the third play. James Conner rushed for fifth, rushed fifteen times for eighty-five yards. Colt McCoy actually contributed to the rushing attack. Yeah. Um. Let's like see I, what else. Like Hopkins seventy-nine yards on seven receptions. Robbie Anderson got into the fun for the first time. Uh. Well, now you got a quarterback that will utilize him. Uh. Four. Receptions, 50 yards. Hollywood's back off of the IR. Four catches. James Conner, six catches. Whenever Colt McCoy comes into a game, he spreads that football out. And the Cardinals did a good job. I mean, look, they were in the game at the second quarter. They were winning the game in the second quarter. Then after that, they were only down 20 to 13. I mean, this was... Well, the pick six killed them. The pick six it by did. Colt McCoy killed them. But what the, really the one mistake he made. It was the one mistake he made. 
And then, but if you look at, uh, if you look at, uh, good old Matt Jones's line, he wasn't very much the same as Colt McCoy. 24 for 35, 235 yards. Let's look at the rushing attack. And that's the problem. When you Ramondre Stevenson only gets eight yards. Got hurt. Number one back was Pierre Strong Jr. Well, it didn't help that Ramondre Stevenson got hurt. That was one. Yep. And, you know, obviously uh, also didn't help when the Cardinals lost Kyler Murray on the third play of the game. Uh, that didn't help either. But you take a look. I'm exciting at the end of the day. And Kyler Murray, to make matters worse, Kyler Murray's out with a torn ACL. He's done for the year. Okay, so Colt, at least now Colt McCoy finally gets a chance to, you know, really start because he never did before. I have to wonder, is Kyler Murray still the guy in Arizona anymore? Maybe he has to start learning how to stop running the ball all the time and actually throw the football. Maybe they shouldn't have given up on Josh Rosen so quickly. Um, So the receiving attack for the Patriots, the successful winning Patriots, Hunter Henry with three catches, Kedrick Bourne five, Aguilar five, you have no number one receiver on this team. Mac Jones spreads the ball around. You know, Game for as much criticism as Mac Jones gets, Mac Jones doesn't make too many mistakes. Mac Jones, uh, he runs whatever offensive scheme Belichick has, and he runs it pretty well. I mean, for as much crap as Mac Jones gets, remember, he was a... Uh, while he was a first-round draft pick, he was one of the lowest quarterbacks drafted in the first round in this amazing quarterback class that we uh, got so used to. Oh, yeah, by the way, Nick Folk uh, for the Patriots is uh, still one of the best uh, kickers in the NFL. Uh, he had a uh, two-for-two on the field goals, hit a 51-yarder, which helped to put the game away for New England. Yeah. So our boys are, what, four and one. Now that brings us to our final game. By the way, when the Eagles uh, beat the Giants, that clinched a playoff spot for them. So the Eagles are in the playoffs. Yes, they are. So now we have to wonder if the Minnesota Vikings, did they do the same thing? They took on the Detroit Lions. It's an NFC North showdown. The Lions improved, but they collapsed in the fourth. Unlike Goff and St. Brown, the Vikings with Jefferson, Cook, and Cousins, the Vikings 10 wins, nine of them was wins by eight points or less. The Vikings were the winner one step closer to win the NFC North. For the Lions, this is a this could be another lost season for them, a wrap for the North and the NFC wild card race. This will be a fun contest, but the Vikings will win 34-30. Well, they got 34 right, but unfortunately it was the Lions that got 34-23 for the Vikings. So our boys were four and two on the pick six. So not bad. But as I said with these uh as I said though, and you know, you wondered why the Vikings were low on the top ten earlier today. Well, this isn't why. Remember, remember this This is your game to clinch a playoff, and Kirk Cousins choked. He choked. Well, let me tell you something. When they picked the Vikings to be eighth, uh they they had some premonitions here. Even though they thought the Vikings were going to win the game, uh, well, they didn't. And let's really get into why, like you said, Kirk Cousins. Well, you can't blame him. 
you really can't. Threw for over 400 yards, two touchdowns, 31 of 41, no picks. Dalvin Cook is who you blame. They barely ran the ball. That's 15, what happened. Uh, what, 15 carries for a running back is barely handing him the ball? That's How many yards, he ran? How many yards did he run for out of those 15? 23. There you go. He had a touchdown, but one point. When you average 1.5 yards a carry, your team ain't winning. Justin Jefferson, it doesn't matter the kind of performance you have. 11 catches for 223 yards. No TDs, though. Hawkinson, uh, you know, straight out of Detroit, 77 yards. No TDs, though. Adam Thielen had a touchdown, seven receptions. K.J. Osborne had a touchdown on five catches, 38 yards. And uh, the the really big move that the uh, – Vikings made in the offseason. Jalen Rager coming over to the team after being drafted higher than Justin Jefferson. Zero receptions. He was targeted a couple of times. No catches. No yards. Um, And their defense seems to have no sacks. No interceptions. They didn't sack Jared Goff once. He threw three touchdowns for 330 yards. I mean, yeah, Cousins had just as good of a, game, a really good game. And, uh, yeah, Goff had better. Three yeah, TDs, 27 to 39. Remember when we talked about – you remember that little trade that happened about a year about you know, Rams went on to win the Super Bowl when they trade, when Stafford came over to the Rams? But nobody was really looking at what would happen when Goff went to the Lions. Was that going to make a – was that going to make a big difference? Um, well, when, uh, here's your wide receiver breakdown. Shark, six for 94. Amon Ross St. Brown, six for 58. Oh, yeah, Shark had a touchdown. Josh Reynolds, five for 51. Touchdown. Jameson Williams, the, the kid from Alabama. Only one catch, but it seems... Those one catches that he's getting are turning into scores and big plays. 41 yards on the one play for the touchdown. And then you have a little bit of a mix of some guys getting 20 yards here and there. And Penny Sewell got a catch for nine yards. It is a shock. Lineman. Wow. A lineman. Uh, And then unlike the Vikings underwhelming defense, Jerry Jacobs had a sack. Aiden Hutchinson had a sack. You had Houston Isaiah Bugs with both sacks. Um, are we starting to learn why the why the uh, Vikings lost their offensive line, which has always been something that went under the radar because they've kept winning. Now, remember they were an eight and one team. Now they're. 10 and 3. They've been 2 and 2 in their last four games. And you're starting to see why the old line for the Vikings needs to play better. Defense has not been good either. You're lucky you beat the Jets a few weeks the other week when you did. You can't blame Kirk Cousins for this one. He didn't choke a quarterback that throws for over 425 yards, two touchdowns, and no picks. Didn't choke. Dalvin Cook choked. 15 rushes, yep. and you only 
average a yard and a half per carry. Now, I don't blame the boys for getting this one wrong. I personally picked the Vikings myself. But four and two isn't bad. Not at all. So, you know what? I, I give the boys an A. If you're above 500 in a pick six, I, I give the boys an A. Now, I want to take a look at something very quick, and it's the current playoff picture. And boy, did things change in the AFC. We talked about the Jets. You know how big that loss was now? Losing to Buffalo. The Pats are in and the Jets are out. Yeah. The Chargers are eighth. They moved ahead of the Jets. The Patriots have the seventh spot. And the Jets are number nine. Yep. Ninth in the AFC now to be in a playoff spot. Remember in 2013 when they had a million teams that were matching them? And even if they had gotten a better record than some of those teams, uh, it wouldn't have mattered. They wouldn't have made the playoffs anyway. This is looking like one of those years. And then if you pull up the NFC title, NFC playoff picture, the Giants are still there. But at number seven and right behind them are Seattle. And remember what happens if there's a tie. Seattle beat the Giants this year. So Seattle would own a tiebreaker if they were tied. The Giants have the tie, though, against the Washington Commanders. And here's the big one. The Commanders are who the Giants have up next. A rematch from the tied game at the Meadowlands. This time it'll be in Washington. They have to win this game. You see, the Jets had a number of uh, season-defining games. The reason the Jets are still involved in this is because they beat Miami and they beat Buffalo. The Giants, so far, against divisional opponents, they lost to Dallas. They've lost they've, to Philly. And they tied the Commanders. No wins. They're 0-2-1. and Oh, well, yeah, you've lost both games to Dallas. That's right. Oh, no, I'm sorry, 0-3-1. and Yeah. So you still have, and you still have another meeting with the Eagles to go. That'd be all four and one. You need to win this game. 100%. The Giants have been performing well everywhere but their own division. And to make matters tougher, the Lions are breathing also down the neck of that last spot. They're six and seven. And they have the Jets this week. So the Jets yeah. have the Lions. No, but you know what, though? That's a Lions loss because uh, Sauce Gardner is going to make Jared Goff look like an idiot. I mean, he'll shut down Amon Ross St. Brown, if anything. Yes, he will. But I'll tell you the player, uh, <laughs> Jamal Williams. <laughs> you got Jamal Williams. That's going to take care of business. And then uh, let me tell you something. The guy that Sauce is not going to be covering is going to be the guy that takes over. Jamison Williams, the Alabama draft pick, the kid that they thought was going to be Jared Goff's number one receiver until he got hurt and uh, that ACL tear took a long time to repair. But they treated the rookie with kid gloves. They didn't rush him back out to the field. And the reason the Lions didn't have to do that is because you have receivers like Sam Brown, Shark, Raymond, Reynolds, you don't even need this kid. He's the number five receiver on your team right now. But when Sauce covers up Amon Ross St. Brown or Shark, guess who's going to benefit? The Alabama prospect. And I think this kid is going to go off and have a big game against the Jets this week. Still think the Jets win, but 
Campbell. You got to give Dan Campbell a lot of credit for turning this Lions team around. Or yeah. as they like to call him now, Motor City Dan Campbell, MCDC. Yeah, MCDC. I mean, uh, the Detroit Lions are doing a lot. You want to talk about a team that nobody expected to be here. That's the Lions. Mm. Nobody expected this. Everybody thought that Jared Goff was a placeholder until they could draft a quarterback. No, ladies and gentlemen, Jared Goff is a number one pick. The only reason the Rams traded him was because they were in a win-now mode. Detroit was in a rebuild mode. They knew they needed a quarterback that could be there through the rebuild, build rapport with receivers, and go and win a championship. By the way, Jared Goff is pretty experienced at winning championships. NFC champion. Remember that. Into the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely correct. Under a less skilled coach in Sean McVay. Now he's got Dan Campbell. And better receivers, I think, than he maybe he didn't have. Well, he had receivers with the Rams, but he has more receivers than he had with the Rams, other than Cooper Cup. 28 years old. He was quarterback rating Jared Goff has been in his last three games. Hear it. 98.9 against the Bills, where he and threw. This was, a guy that was, and this was a guy that was inconsistent at times until this year. December 4th against the Jags, 115.9 on 340 yards, two touchdowns. And against the Vikings, uh, by the way, uh, this was the. He only uh, completed 69% of his passes against the Vikings. You know, he, he he had a little bit of a pedestrian game there. Three touchdowns, 330 yards, quarterback rating of 120.7. And yeah, this, yeah, you want to talk, and everybody wants to talk all this garbage about Jared Goff, about how, how not good of a quarterback he is. Here's his regular season this year, 65.3 completion percentage, over 3,000 yards, 22 TDs, seven interceptions, Average quarterback rating of 97.9. And once again, you want to talk all the crap? 2016 to 2022, here's his career. 64% completion rating. Mm -hmm. 24,768 yards, 148 touchdowns to 70 interceptions. A 92.3 quarterback rating. Can we please, please stop the Jared Goff hate? Because if you were the Giants or the Jets, you'd be falling over yourselves to get a guy like this on your team. Well, Goff put a lot of those rumors to bed. I can assure you of that. So traded him to the Detroit Lions where you expected his career to go die. And he just revitalized it, taught everybody why he was picked ahead of Mariota. Why he was picked ahead of Wentz. Why yep. he was picked ahead of all of these guys. Who, by the way, still have careers in the NFL. Yeah, it's true. Just saying. Yeah. But Jared Goff on two different teams. I think he'll take the Lions to a championship game of their own someday. We'll see. If the Lions just don't screw it up. But here's the thing. Your playoff pictures are looking very, very, very volatile. And that's always fun in the NFL. Both New York teams are involved for the first time since Lord, I, I can't even remember. The Giants haven't been good since their last Super Bowl. Well, the Jets haven't been good since the Giants' last Super Bowl. 
So for the first time in about 10 years, we're seeing both New York teams involved in postseason conversation in the middle of December. Now we're going to have very important games coming up for the for this next week. We're finally going to see, well, NFL likes to do this toward the end of the year. Some Saturday games are going to start coming into play this week. So we will have some games on Saturday. Of course, the first game to kick things off will be the Thursday game, 49ers-Seahawks. That's important, guys. That's real important. This could either send... And it's important for that division, too, because uh, you got a, what, uh, six-loss, five-six-loss team in Seattle versus a three-to-four-loss team in San Fran. Four are the Niners, seven and six is Seattle. This, so this is uh, important for that, not just for not just for Seattle's for Seattle's playoff chances, because they need a good divisional record in order to get. I think that's the first uh, tiebreaker: is how how do you do against your division? Then how do you do against each other? Yep. The next one, big Saturday night game, Bills Dolphins in Buffalo. And you know what? Um, I think Tua is going to be using his legs this game. He's going to have to. He has played two very bad games over the last two weeks. Suddenly, the Dolphins could drop to eight and six if they lose. They were eight. Well, they could drop to eight and six. By the way, Jalen Hurts, I think, should be your automatic MVP this year. Well, the Jalen way Hurts has stepped up. He is just unbelievable. We'll definitely. That Philly had no idea what they had in that kid. They it's because it's the truth. Philly stumbled upon. Just, no, nobody expected Jalen Hurts to start. They weren't expecting him to be the future. They still had Carson Wentz. They thought uh, Carson Wentz was still the man. They just had uh, this guy as a backup in case. They didn't think he had an arm. They didn't think he had uh, the acumen to play NFL football. Well, Jalen Hurts has proven himself, at least statistically this season, that he is probably the best quarterback in the NFC. Best yeah. quarterback in his own division. You didn't. You you. There was no name. If you are a person, I and I just want you to message the show or tweet us at show underscore downtown. I want to know the person who thought that isn't a a Philadelphia Eagles fan or b a Dallas Cowboys fan that thought that Dak Prescott was going to have a worse statistical season than Jalen Hurts. Incredible. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming. Who thought that Jalen Hurts was going to have a better season than Daniel Jones? No one saw that coming. You were maybe half and half between him and Wentz, but a lot of people had Hurts as the lowest-ranked quarterback starting in the NFL, that even though he was a fantasy points machine, didn't matter. His job was on the line. All you heard all offseason is how Jalen Hurts was going to start three games for the Eagles and then get replaced, and the Eagles were going to have a garbage season. Yeah. Well, He's not surprised the NFL, two of them, all right. the Lions and the Eagles. And let me just say one Last thing before I hand it off to the Beast of the East for his final thoughts of the show. First off, congratulations to Tony Mainville and to Crystal Large. The content that they came up with, I really could, and, and, and this is after the fact, right? 
I cannot disagree with a lot of the decisions they made in that top 10. And they went four and two in the pick six. Yeah. We, uh, and in fact, I think, Chris, if you uh, take a look at the overalls, we haven't really been counting them, but Chris has been right on more of the pick sixes than we have. Yeah. No, and we don't. So that's why he is our number one stats guy, as well as our producer. This is why he was the statistician of downtown sports from when we went from the college radio station to the professional podcasting world, mm-hmm. you know, they're the, re- Chris is one of the reasons because uh, he barely gets anything wrong. And in fact, on a few of these games, he predicted the loser's score. Well, let's see what happens for the next week. You still have a couple remaining games, uh, a couple of games important to the Jets as well. I swear to God, Chris, if this goes to your head, I'll pop, I- I'll pop the balloon, okay. but uh, congratulations. You've managed to uh, prove us wrong. Well, let's wrap this up. You have Raiders, Patriots. That's a big one. Patriots going to Vegas. You'll also have the Giants and the Commanders, the Sunday night game. This is another big one. Buccaneers against the Bengals. Brady Burrow. That's going to be an interesting game. Yeah. Bye-bye, Brady. And the Panthers going to first place with Sam Arnold. Panthers are right there. They're playing. The Panthers could win. Playing the Steelers without once. They're playing Mitchell Trubisky and the Steelers. If the Panthers could win once in the division, just once, they'd be better than everybody else. The Panthers have beaten everybody they've played outside of the NFC South. Yet they can't beat a damn team in the NFC South. Well, they beat uh they beat the Falcons. Okay, whoop de doo. You beat the Falcons once. Congratulations. You beat Denver. Okay, great. Uh, oh, no, I'm talking about inside the NFC South. Yeah, they've beaten there. everybody. They've played outside of it. They beat a couple teams in it, but again, it was like the Saints. You beat them once. Okay, you beat the you beat the Falcons once. Okay, but yeah, the Buccaneers are going to be the challenge. That's a team you haven't beat. You already lost one meeting to Tampa Bay, twenty-one to three. And I think Darnold is going to make a... Oh, I'm sorry. You beat Tampa Bay 21-3. My apologies. So they beat Tampa once. They beat Tampa again? They're taking that south. They beat Tampa again. They take that south. It's scary how bad that south is. But you know what? For the final thoughts of downtown sports this week, I'm the mouth of the south, John Schiavone. I'm out. Thanks for listening. I'm leaving the rest of this to the beast of the East. You got three minutes to cap this off. Let's go. Oh, boy. What a week this is going to be. The final few weeks to go of the NFL regular season. Christmas is right around the corner, and these playoff races are getting a lot tighter than I could have possibly anticipated, although it shouldn't shock many. You know these games come down to the wire. You know these games are going to come down to uh, a couple of key wins here, maybe a Injury or two there. But I'll tell you what, if you're a New York fan, this is gut check time for the Jets and Giants, especially for the Jets. They've done everything up to this point that you didn't think they were going to do. They shocked a lot of people this year. They've gone further than people thought they would. Salah made that prediction. They're a playoff team. They're not the same old Jets. Well, win out these remaining games that you have. Beat teams like Detroit. 
beat the Jaguars, who you have coming up eventually. You know what's scary? <laughs> if this lines up right, the Jets finish the year against Miami. If the Jets are tied with Miami by the last game of the year, my God, how much pressure is on the Jets for that game? And it's going to be in Miami against Tua. This time, Tua will be back healthy with all his players that you didn't have the first time you played Miami. So this becomes a very critical final game. The Jets now are no longer in charge of their destiny anymore. They now have to win out. If that's even possible, win out. Otherwise, they're not going to make it. And it'll be another lost season for the Jets fans that really have really finally are getting behind a team that maybe finally has proven to the world they have something special about them. And I think they do. It's now just a matter of them putting it all together. We're going to find that out soon. The Giants, they have to win some games here or just to hold on to that seven spot, or they're going to very more likely than not lose it. You have teams right behind them like Seattle reading down their neck. So that's going to wrap up this special edition of Downtown Sports. I want to thank Crystal Large. I want to thank Tony Mainville for the pick six and top tens and getting them right for the most part for this week in particular. You can listen to Downtown Sports on 23 different platforms. Run Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Bullhorn, Podbay, Listen Notes, Podcast, Addict, Verbal, Astro.fm, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, Podvine, Podacy, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, and Podchaser. Rants, episodes, digital, market battle specials every single week. We are downtown sports. We are where sports come home. And just reminding everybody, in about 11 days, I'm just going to let you know, we're not going to give you what it's about. It's a Christmas present. It needs to be a surprise. But so far... Guests include our soccer analyst and former host of the New Yorker Sports Rant, Matt O'Boyle. Former promotions director of WFAN Radio for over 10 years, Johnny D'Alessandro. Also a host of the Spider and Blizz podcast. Number three, you have the great Ray Martell, who's been doing updates for the fan for a very long time. And then, the legendary, just retired, Mike McCann, doing updates for the fan and producing for a long time. There might be a slight chance we get the Hoff, Peter Hoffman. And, depending on when he can, maybe, we'll just let that one be a surprise. We have a even bigger surprise on this very special Christmas edition. We will share it with you when they are here. This is going to be a movie, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a movie. For Beast, for Mouth, I'm the Beast of the East, Jonathan Perry and Tay saying goodbye.